Hello and welcome to this week's podcast version of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the Business Week ended 14th January 2022. This is Ian Haydock. This time, easy alliances rather than big deals, the focus at JP Morgan, other roundups from JPM, and Lilly braces for impact of CMS decision on Aduhelm. Biopharmaceutical industry players and reporters eagerly await merger and acquisition announcements going into the annual JP Morgan Healthcare Conference, hoping to scrutinise which big pharma is buying which other company for signs of what the deal-making environment will be like in the coming year. And in 2022, for the third year in a row, the meeting started with no big M&A deals. Instead, Pfizer, Novartis, Amgen, BMS and others announced collaboration agreements. They and their peers insisted during JP Morgan presentations and Q&A sessions, as well as in interviews with Scripps, that they do intend to invest in business development in 2022, but with a primary focus on smaller bolt-on acquisitions, as well as licensing deals and collaboration agreements. Bolt-on deals have been the focus for the past few years. While investors and others are clamouring for potential buyers to execute large transactions, Amgen CEO Robert Bradway made the astute and, as he pointed out, obvious observation that there are simply more small early-stage ventures to partner with than there are large later-stage companies to acquire. Bradway also noted that while Amgen would like to buy another growing commercial-stage product like Otesla, not only are few available, but there are few assets at a price that still leaves value on the table for both companies' investors. Pfizer found a way around that challenge with the $6.7 billion acquisition of Arena Pharmaceuticals, which the companies announced in December, ahead of Arena's Phase 3 results for S1P receptor modulator Etrazimod in ulcerative colitis and a Phase 2 3 readout in Crohn's disease. CEO Albert Baller said Pfizer's therapeutic area experts reviewed available data from earlier studies of the drug and found a potential best-in-class profile that made the company comfortable with paying a greater than 100% premium for Arena, with the risk that the Phase 3 data may not be positive. Now there is risk, but also there is benefit, Baller told the JP Morgan audience. The benefit is that we got it without having to go into an auction after the data were released. Pfizer is more comfortable doing 10 similarly risky transactions at around the $5 billion mark and spreading out that kind of risk based on the input of its scientists, rather than betting $50 billion on a single transaction, he explained. Eli Lilly's CEO David Ricks had similar thoughts on deal-making in 2022, noting in an interview with Scripp that the company remains focused on bolt-on acquisitions as well as licensing and collaboration deals. While mega-mergers like AbbVie and Algan have been transformative in the past, the pandemic has depressed large-scale deals during the past few years. Deal-making prognosticators foresee a continued trend towards smaller transactions and easily integrated bolt-on deals. But the sheer amount of cash on hand at many companies leaves incentive to read into the comments made at JP Morgan and to consider the possibilities. Mandy Jackson continues to write that the biggest question going into JPM every year is which big company is going to announce a large acquisition. Amgen CEO Robert Bradway's answer on 11th January at this year's meeting was that there are not many opportunities out there for larger transactions at a feasible price, but there are a lot of smaller firms with technology that can help the company boost its longer-term R&D goals, 
like Arrakis Therapeutics. Amgen and Arrakis announced prior to Bradway's JPM presentation that the companies entered into a research collaboration for the discovery and development of small molecules that degrade RNAs that encode disease-causing proteins as a novel approach to reaching difficult-to-target drugs in multiple therapeutic areas. Amgen will pay $75 million up front for five initial programs with an option to nominate additional programs and Arrakis may earn several billion dollars in milestone fees plus royalties if all milestones are met and future programmes are optioned under the agreement. The transaction, Mandy writes, is an example of the kinds of deals Amgen is most likely to do in 2022, given the sheer volume of smaller biopharmaceutical companies working on innovative drug discovery technologies relative to the number of later stage companies with clinical and near-commercial assets. There are a large number of interesting, innovative, smaller opportunities in the industry, and by virtue of there being more of those, those tend to be the things that we look at or that we transact with more frequently, Bradway said in response to a question from JP Morgan analyst Corey Kazimov about whether Amgen is likely to execute any larger-scale M&A deals. The company would be interested in transactions like its $13.4 billion purchase of the blockbuster psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis drug Otesla in 2019 if it could find such opportunities at a price worthwhile for Amgen and the target company's investors. We feel very good about the seven things we were able to do in 2021 and I hope we'll have an opportunity to do a number of transactions like that in 2022 as well, Bradway said. Scrip published multiple other roundups of sessions and deals at JPM, including the following selections. Bristol-Myers Scrip kicked off 2022 with a research collaboration and licensing agreement with Century Therapeutics that's in line with the company's stated business development strategy going forward, which is focused on smaller licensing and acquisition deals rather than large M&A transactions. We remain focused on sourcing innovation in our key therapeutic areas of strength, BMS CEO Giovanni Caforio said on 10th January during the JPM meeting. And while size agnostic, we are interested particularly in small-scale early science deals and mid-size bolt-on deals, he said. Biogen CEO Michael Vanatsos conceded during his 10th January session that the launch of Alzheimer's treatment Agihelm has been slower than we expected, which may be somewhat of an understatement given third quarter 2021 sales totaled just $300,000. But Vunatsos did not understate one of the biggest challenges the anti-amyloid antibody has faced, the lack of coverage by the payer most likely to cover the cost of the drug. Merck & Co expects the strong growth it saw in 2021 to continue in 2022 and believes that its ongoing R&D as well as its business development activities, will help the company grow revenue in the future, CEO Robert Davis said on 10th January at the JPM meeting. But as its PD-1 inhibitor, Keytruda, moves closer to biosimilar competition later in this decade, Merck is looking to further invest in business development now to prepare for the blockbuster's future revenue decline. Novartis and its collaborator Molecular Partners reported success for their COVID-19 antiviral Ensovibep in ambulatory, non-hospitalised patients on 10th January at JPM, nearly two months after the companies said the designed Ankyrin repeat protein therapeutic failed in a phase 3 study in hospitalised patients. Based on the candidate's efficacy at its lowest dose in the phase 2 portion of the EMPATHY trial, 
Novartis will exercise its option to in-license Ensovibep, seek an EUA from the US FDA, and initiate the Phase 3 portion of the empathy study. Bayer's pharma chief, Stefan Ulrich, is confident that the German group is well-equipped to manage patent expiries on the anticoagulant Xarelto, which has only just been edged out of the world's top 10 best-selling drugs. Speaking at a JPM session, he said that Bayer was not facing a patent cliff as such for Xarelto, as it's more like a staggered event, he said. The drug lost exclusivity in China last year and has since gone off patent in Brazil, Russia and Japan, which can be absorbed into your top line, Ulrich noted. He also pointed out that the European Patent Office recently reversed their decision and maintained Bayer's patent on the most widely used once-daily administration of Xarelto until mid-January 2026, almost two years longer than previously anticipated. Roche's Bill Anderson believes its subcutaneous formulation could give gantanerumab the edge in the Alzheimer's market. The pharma division chief was speaking at the JPM conference about the company's outlook for 2022 with the beta amyloid Alzheimer's drug, one of its most important readouts this year. Roche could be ready to file if its graduate 1 and 2 phase 3 studies produce positive results in late 2022 or early 2023. The drug had failed in trials as long ago as 2014, but more recent studies have shown it's achieved beta amyloid plaque reduction, although no impact on disease progression so far. GSK's big event of this year will be the consumer division spin-out in the middle of the year, which it hopes will catalyse greater investment and performance in the remaining medicines and vaccines-focused new GSK. The key pipeline readout will be GSK's older adult respiratory syncytial virus vaccine phase 3 data in Q1, where analysts see a high chance of success. However, GSK faces competition from Pfizer, which also expects a phase 3 data readout in Q1, while J&J's competitor will follow next year. The biggest milestone of 2022 for Biogen and its Alzheimer's therapy Aduhelm the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services National Coverage Determination for Anti-Amyloid Antibodies also is important for Lilly and its Alzheimer's drug Donanimab. CMS issued its draft NCD on 11th January, moments before Lilly CEO David Ricks took the virtual stage at JPM, where he said the proposed decision limiting Medicare coverage to patients enrolled in qualifying clinical trials is a worse scenario than Lilly had expected. It looks like they're calling for coverage with evidence development, which isn't one of those middle scenarios that we had talked about with investors before, so we'll have to read the fine print. These things often do change before their final form, Ricks said. The draft NCD, which is open for public comment for 30 days, says that Medicare should cover US FDA-approved amyloid-targeting therapies only through coverage with evidence development which means that patients must be participating in CMS-endorsed clinical trials or National Institutes of Health-sponsored trials. Medicare will cover all expenses associated with treatment through these studies, including the drug PET scans and other health costs. Ricks said in an interview with Scrip that Lilly will publish its Trailblazer 2 results as soon as possible after reporting the top-line data so that prescribers are informed about the medicine's benefit in Alzheimer's, noting that the lack of published Phase 3 results for Adjihelm has been one of the challenges for Biogen's launch. That's all for this time. Thanks for listening. 
And don't forget to check out all our other coverage of JPM last week and our ongoing review and outlook pieces for 2021-22. Take a free trial if you don't already have a subscription. Bye for now.